in. It's .NET Rocks! I can't tell you how awesome it is to be in front of 10,000 people like this again. We used to do this all the time, remember? It's been a couple of years. Yeah. Well, how, when's the last time we did an odd-odd show? I guess about 100 shows ago. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. I think the last time we did a show on stage that was an odd-odd show, it was show 900. Mm. It was about automated driving, and it was in uh, that conference in Wisconsin Dells. Yep. For more useless trivia. But it was also, yeah, it was... It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. We don't usually get to do odd-out shows like this. We usually sit at home, drink too much, mm. and record. You may have heard those shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so we usually start with this little segment that I call Better Know a Framework. So go ahead, Richard. Roll the crazy music for that. All right, buddy. What do you got? Well, Better Know Framework started, right? It started as me looking into the .NET framework and finding a namespace or a class or something like that, and then talking about it because, let's face it, there's a lot of stuff in there. But I soon went through all that stuff, and it, it got a little bit boring. So then I just started looking around on the Internet for things that I could talk about, and even sometimes that got a little stale. So this time I'm just going to tell a story. So you ready? Ready. I wrote a WinForms app for the first time in 10 years. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, so literally, I hadn't done a WinForms app since, you know, since I gave it up for Silverlight. Let's, let's oh. just... Uh, oh, boy. That, that should tell you something, yeah. right? That, long time ago, that's what it tells yeah, me. Yeah, a long, long time ago. So, of course, now Windows Forms is on .NET 6. It's on .NET Core, right, which is so cool. So I I have a friend who has this racing rig. So by by that it's online racing, it, there's a seat, there's like a steering wheel that, you know, would cost you like $5,000 in the real world if it was like on a Ferrari or something. And then there's like a wraparound screen and big speakers and he plays against people. All, you know, this is not something I know anything about really except that it looks pretty cool and it sounds cool. But at the end of a race this uh, tool called iRacing or whatever writes the results of the race to a little text file. And on the PC, that is hosting that rig, right? So, and he's got two of them. So what he wanted to do is munge those things together and have some app looking at that. Hmm, file System Watcher. Yeah, there's the, there's the Better Know Framework. File System Watcher. <laughs> file. And, uh, and then load those things up and then show stuff in a grid, right? So I thought, this is a perfect job for Windows Forms. Like, it's just going to be on one machine. He just wants to see the results immediately. But I hadn't done WinForms programming in a long time, so thank you, Stack Overflow. <laughs> <laughs> Stack Overflow was basically very, very helpful. And just Google and Bing in general. I mean, I just found, you know, I Googled stuff like, what's the closest thing to a, a web table that exists in Windows Forms. Oh, well, you want a data grid view. Oh, okay. So then I went, you know, I just, it only took a few hours. It was like so much fun. So I suggest that if you've never done that before, if it's been 10 years for you since you wrote a Windows Form app, just go figure something out and write one because it's fun. Find a reason. 
Yeah. I remember Rocky Locke saying once that like the, the reason that WPF was failing is because it was women forms people that were used to a perfect designer that worked flawlessly. Right. But the WPFE was fine because web developers were used to lousy tools. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So it, funnily enough, I didn't use the designer except to like set some docking things and I did everything in code just because that's what I'm used to. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's my story. Awesome. Hey, is somebody talking to us today? Somebody's always talking to us. Yeah, what are they saying? Well, you know, we're doing a little bit of a careers talk here, which I haven't done in a while. So I dug around for some co- career comments, and I found one on show 1438. What year was that? 2017, May oh. of 2017. And this was with Eric Diedrich when we were talking about the evolution of software development careers, yeah. how people move through. And lots of great comments on the show, but this one comes from James Urie, who says, a big thing for me is that many traditional enterprises don't have enough technical expertise in leadership positions, which is a problem now that all companies are doing some kind of development. The people making technical decisions on software and those that affect developers, pay bans, career progressions, so forth, don't know what they don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's an interesting problem, but I also think it's one that we ultimately have to manage, hmm. right, to help educate the folks that are trying to make those decisions successfully. But I appreciate your sentiment, uh, James, and a copy of Muse to Code By, it's on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Muse to Code By, write a comment on the website at dotnet rocks.com or on the Facebooks. We publish every show there. And if you comment there and are reading on the show, I'll send you a copy of Muse to Code By. Yeah, and you should definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. And don't remember to rebind your data grid view when the data changes. Because <laughs> that's what you have to do in Windows Forms. All right. Let's introduce Heather sitting to my right. Heather Downing. Give her a big round of applause. <laughs> Otherwise known as Coraline. Uh, what's the name? What's the story behind your Twitter handle? Coraline. Coraline? Coraline. Yes. Uh, well, I am a really big fan of dark movies, and mm. one of them is called Coraline with a C. But the reason I got into tech is because of a movie called <laughs> Tron Legacy, and there was a character in there called Cora with a Q. Ah. And back in the day when we were all very anonymous and using handles, yeah. I thought that would be a cool name. So that's where it came from. Oh, cool. All right. Well, let me read your bio uh, so people know who a little bit more about you. Uh, climbing the technology mountain and halfway up the side. Experience in .NET, mobile applications, and more recently, voice interface development. Dabbles in IoT and AR, VR. Focusing on coding for humans and choosing the right tool for the job. Heather is a passionate coder and entrepreneur. She has experience working with Fortune 500 companies, building enterprise-level mobile and .NET applications. She spends her spare time at tech conferences supporting the growth of new developers of all genders, ages, and backgrounds. When not coding, Heather spends her time as a competitive equestrian and learning the art of mounted archery. She is basically Katniss. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I've seen shots of you shooting your bow from the back of a horse. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's, ab- it's like, that's one way to get a parking spot. I like- wouldn't want to be on a moped. No. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, this is a landmark show for us. It's show 1800. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you being uh, willing to let me be on that show. I, I brought you something to celebrate, if that's oh. okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, little little gift for me to you for episode wow. 1800. What, yeah. what could this what be? What could this possibly be? I, have I no can't imagine. 
For those on the audio oh. side of this, we are unwrapping something, so that's why you hear the it's paper rattling. Cuervo eighteen hundred. Ah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Silver, but you know what though? I hate tequila. <laughs> yeah, but I love the bottle. Love the bottle. I really. thought the bottles were cool. You know, you don't have to open them. You can leave them on your desk. Yeah, that's so desk. Size. I like that. It yeah, is, and it's glass. But you know, I know you two better than that. Mm-hmm. So you know. I decided we're in the UK. Why not get something you can only get in the UK? There's more. Yes. Whoa. 18-year Glen Ross. Wow. Speyside. It's in a sherry cask, so it has a little bit of a sweet finish Lovely. like you too. <laughs> Shall we have a drink? <laughs> totally. If we had the glasses. Okay. Yes. We have to toast everything. <laughs> wow, look at you. Well, we're not going to use a paper cup for 18-year scotch, uh, are we? I think not. No. <laughs> no. There is only certain levels of sacrilege I'm willing to put up with. <laughs> Wow. You know, I am putting everything neatly down on the side here. Me too. Unlike some people. <laughs> me, me, me too. Yeah. Wow. This is, we, first the, of all, we apologize for drinking in front of an audience <laughs> and not having enough for the entire class. That's true. But, you know. And every time you blame the employer, we have to take a sip, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> many, many years ago, Carl and I did a show at... Code Mash, yeah, um, with the Java Posse guys. Mm. So it was like the two com- the, the Java Posse was the .NET rocks of Java at the time mm. for sure. Yeah, and so we all had dinner first, and we sort of agree. And and they gave us customized bottles of Maker's Mark. They had our names on them. I believe Bill Wagner got them. Yeah, Uncle Bill uncle took, took care of that. Worked at Maker's Mark. Yeah. So we, ha- we so there were four Java Posse guys and two .NET rocks guys, which means six bottles of Maker's Mark. And if you made fun of the other guy's stack, you had to take a shot. So I was thirsty. <laughs> and I could say horrible things about Java, but I try hard. I think by the end of the hour. One of those bottles. I think it was mine. Yeah, it was, was gone. gone. <laughs> Which we can still function at. But the Java Kasi guys, I think two of them were napping. They by were the time <laughs> the end of that show. on the floor. Anyway, it's published forever. You can go find the you know, Donna Rocks. So, you know, Java Posse. a toast to 1800 glorious episodes of dotnet rocks cheers friends cheers can't, london can't Thank wait you. for 1900 uh, oh that is that's lovely. awfully good yeah that is wow. awfully good if only you were up here so, uh, <laughs> uh we should do a show let's do a show yeah uh you've heather you've done this great talk today yesterday yesterday right with a little bit of a fire alarm at the end of it as i recall <laughs> Uh, about careers. Mm-hmm. When we first talked to you, which I, I think was the better part of eight years ago or something. Sounds about it was you, a hot minute ago. You, you, did, you came into development late. It's not like it was your original career. Mm-hmm. And you've been really mobile. Like every time I talk to you, you're doing something new. <laughs> Tell, we need your story. Like how did you, how did you get into this and, and get so cranked up on trying new things? Oh, man. Uh, I guess... It's because I got to rewatch the very first um, time that my grandfather saw that we went to the moon and how he could have imagined that just 10 years ago right. mm. and how far we came and, and to always be looking at the impossible thing next. And I have definitely chosen the wrong impossible thing throughout <laughs> this career. Let me tell you what I got. I was way too early 
to uh, VR. It was way too early. Right. Um, but it's okay. I learned a lot about it, and I still get phone calls <laughs> about that. Like, hey, can you talk to us for this? Now uh, a large corporation wants to do something fun at, at a festival, and wow. they'd like to know. Um, but that just kind of stayed with me. And I got into tech because I was really bored and tired of saying, I can't really help you when I worked at a hotel company for 11 years. Right. Wow. That sucked because I, I felt like I just wanted to do it myself. I'm right. sure we can all relate to that, that you're tired of somebody saying, oh, it's not possible. And you're like, well, I'm pretty logical. I'm sure I could figure it out. And unfortunately, it was not my job to fix the computers at my hotel, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and they, I got told to my face, you know, this is not your job. If you want that, why don't you go to school for it? So I did. Nice. <laughs> don't scare me. But I didn't go to a tr traditional school. So I went to a boot camp, mm -hmm. uh, which I actually yeah. really recommend because uh, for no fault of their own, um, a lot of the large um, educational institutions just can't turn over their material fast enough to keep up with what's happening. Sure. Right. But the boot camp seemed to be more agile. So once most of my class had graduated, we were immediately hireable. I think they had an 87% placement rate. Wow. Hmm. But we definitely... But they were also very topic-specific. Like yeah, I was a Microsoft-certified developer. Nice. At the time, and I went straight into working on SharePoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'll drink to that. And you were, wait a minute. You, so you have this... A reputation on our show anyway for being fearless so you weren't <laughs> scared after sharepoint I are mean, you kidding me i i i knew right away that it just didn't seem like a good use case for what i was doing to it uh, i i distinctly remember i went to work at a company that was doing a externally facing website for an airline using sharepoint oh uh, it wasn't hawaiian air was it and okay. it, <laughs> it was I, just an awful experience because you were just so limited with what you could do. Yeah. And I didn't realize it, but I was not built to push pixels in any direction. Mm. So, but I, I tended to gravitate towards what we were doing with some of the APIs on, right. on the back end. And then I was like, I like what I like where the data is going and transforming it. That seems really cool. Yeah. So that said, I need to probably leave because I got hired to be a junior SharePoint developer. I think I got paid 36,000 US at the time. Wow. It was 2K more than my hotel job. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've, I've definitely- I gotta tell you, like, it just sounds like you were being exploited. That is so oh, little money. Well, here's the deal. And this is what, in like 2015? Uh, yeah. 2014? 2015, 2016. And I was in the Midwest of the United States, which mm. uh, is a much lower cost of living. And um, that's how they like to play it. So, okay. But I was just thrilled to not be at a hotel desk. So yeah. I said, all right, let's do it. Um, but- at some point, SharePoint did make just as much pain. Yeah. So I did decide, like, is, I don't know if I like tech. Maybe maybe yeah. I want to leave. Yeah, if any so, technology is going to turn you off tech, it would totally. be SharePoint. So what's the, <laughs> what was the next project or the project where you said, you know what, this is more like? Um, I watched a, there's a festival called South by Southwest. If anybody heard, has heard of it, it's in Austin, Texas. And then they had all sorts of new tech that usually sh uh, shopped around as CEOs and CTOs of what can be possible. Samsung comes, et cetera. And there was this super neat, um, like uh, CGI 3D looking thing that was completely done in action script, if anybody remembers oh, that. Oh, man. And I thought it was so amazing. And they played it um, as a downloadable option for people's iPads. And I thought it was amazing. And I found out that the company was in Kansas City, where I lived. So I just left 12 voice messages on their phone saying, I will bring you coffee if you'll let me right. be around this. Yeah. This looks so cool. 
and they let me come in and I got to help them with something that was not as cool, hmm. which was working on tax software for H&R Block. Um, but it was .NET and it was APIs. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I want to do it. And they let me come in, they paid me a little more this time. Wow. Um, but that's, I decided to just take a shot because if you take no shots, you never get anywhere. And right. I thought if they turn me down, I still have a job. So... I also like the relentlessness. It's like, I will simply call you every day. Yeah. <laughs> I know where you live. I, but I, I also understand that this is a cultural thing that in other countries, they would never dream yeah. of being insistent like that. So I acknowledge this is definitely an American trait. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. I think if, you have, if you're willing to help bring a vision to life um, and you're clear about what you want to do, push on that. Yeah, I think there's other, other cultures have other ways to show your intent. Whatever that may mm-hmm. be, like I mean, I'm sure this place is where phoning every day is not just not appropriate. It will not get you closer to your goal. Well, there are could, other methodologies. Tedacity knows no boundaries, though. I mean, it could it, it should manifest itself in different ways in yeah, different places. The correct kind of tenacity for where you are. Yeah, you know, um, side story. My band played at South by Southwest one year. Yeah, mm. nice. Yeah. Well, I say South by Southwest. It was actually uh, at a bar down the street from South by Southwest. <laughs> actually, actually we just went to see a band uh, yeah should have left it at the beginning <laughs> yeah there's some truth in that but we did play yeah that's cool anyway that's not why we're here but um so so yeah we richard and i when we interviewed you that first time 2015 we're, yeah we're we're really just impressed by um you know somebody who's coming in somebody who's been as old as old as us and has been through all these crazy technologies we have memories of of pain like you know, mm-hmm. sharepoint was your pain point i get that but um you, you didn't have the the fear of uh you know that that's that comes with experience of things going wrong mm-hmm. right and so we we're just really impressed with your tenacity and uh and it was uh and that that's sort of as richard said today it sort of kicked off this discussion on dotnet rocks like you did yeah. yeah so the story arc of of is all that experience you've got actually holding you back from trying a new thing right well in kind of this wonderful full circle there was uh, a cto that listened to dotnet rocks in an yeah. episode and was surprised that there was somebody from kansas city on it mm-hmm and had their, his HR person reach out to me, and I, I don't really respond to recruiters very well, <laughs> and did it for two months, and finally... Tenacity. Got, Tenacity. Finally got through to be like, hey, he wants to talk to you. He pulls me into his office and says, hey, nice to meet you. I, I watched your episode, and I'd love to offer you a job here. Hmm. And I was like... I wasn't. I didn't even have a resume out. I wasn't looking, and that was because. I'm sure, that means we're the recruiter. Don't that is correct. Yeah, we should. I think we get ten percent. Yeah, we should get 10%. No, I wanted to say thank you for that because that job that I got years later, because he went back and watched these older Donna Rocks episodes, is the reason that I got to speak at conferences because hmm. he felt like I still had something to share. So he would make room in his engineering team with the schedule to allow me to still travel. To nice. conferences because of that episode so thank you you're welcome but you know what the formula is just be awesome yeah and then make sure somebody notices e- isn't that yeah be visible about it Be visible yeah. and be awesome you got to be awesome too the i i get emails regularly i don't know if you do but mm. certainly because a lot i mean a lot of developers reach out to us in one way or another and it and i often 
hear these stories of folks that feel trapped in their work. Mm. You know, like they're, they're, they're good at what they do. They like it, but they don't see any room to progress and they're mm. frustrated. You, do you talk to folks like that? Like, how do All you get out of that trap? All the time. Uh, whenever you are, and this sounds like they could be partially in burnout, and that is a different experience. Interesting. Good point. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in burnout, it doesn't matter. You could be working on the coolest thing in the world, and at one point, you're just not going to want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So like, that's a different thing, so make sure you're not on the way there. Mm. But if it's just that you're bored or you're worried that, hey, what if the technology I'm working on, like Silverlight or something, what if it's not around in the next few years? Um, I've retooled seriously about three times. Mm -hmm. And that's rough. But now I'm like, oh, this is normal. Okay. I don't know a whole lot of people that are still working on COBOL, but if you can find them, they get paid a lot of money a to lot maintain. Of money. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and, our, it, and it's okay I mean, to do that. literally are desperate to retire, yeah. but they're yes. making so much. It's like you'd be insane to walk away from this. Right. Do you remember when everybody said, hey, you know, the future is JavaScript, the future is front end, that's it. You should all be WebAssembly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at there. the keynote I talked about that and why we started thinking maybe .NET doesn't rock and we should make another show. Yeah. That's, that's what happened. That was a scary time. Yeah, that was. The good news is .NET still rocks. It, it does. It rocks hard. <laughs> there, and there's lots of programming frameworks that also still rock pretty hard. Sure. Mm. The deal is, is that just because it's different doesn't mean it's better. And when you work where the stakes are very high, like in aviation, in certain aspects of government, or in medical, where your code is running and helping someone breathe... It's a huge risk to move to a different platform, sure. a diff anything. So if it's not broke, they often don't fix it. Yeah, mm. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's some excellent code that is still running. Think about GPS. Old school programming. Everyone uses it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They do now. Yeah. And it's still, nobody really questions, you know, it's just, it was done really well. Mm. What was it written in? Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> You know, the, the old language that's all through the military, mostly for aviation, ADA. is mm -hmm. ADA. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that ADA was so important that a private equity firm rolled up all the last of the ADA developers mm. in the world so that they could get vacations. Because mm. there's so few of them left and they're still working on key projects that it's like by having them basically managed by one company – there's enough cross-training and support for each other because there's no new ADA developers being made. Yeah, of course. Basically, yeah. but for better or worse. But I think that's an interesting aspect of a career. And I, I've said this on stage as well. It's like, listen, you don't have to do the new thing. If you love what you're doing, being an expert in a diminishing market is easily as valuable, if not more valuable, than being at the leading edge. But you have to work harder at being more visible. Because, I, th I think, I think yeah. that's part of it. And yeah. if, but I also People have think, to know you exist. Yeah. Yes. But I also think you better still enjoy it. Yeah. Because you do need to be at the top of your game. Yes. So what if you happen to be like in the middle here? What if you're not, what if you aren't necessarily bleeding edge? Because that can take a long time to pay off. Mm -hmm. Long, long time. I, again, I've many times tried things that didn't work. Um, mobile worked for a while though. Um, but I, I truly believe now that a mobile website done well is just as good. Um, unless you're actually going to use offline capability, then please do an actual mobile app. <laughs> right. But it's that, tough to justify native what mobile is. It is. And it doesn't mm. stop people in the Apple world, though. They, yeah. they truly, they're very religious about it. And so. Well, and I don't know a lot of unemployed mobile devs. Right. 
Like they, there's definitely an opportunity there. Like there's lots of work. For a while there, we're higher paid than web, but it's, mm-hmm. that's not the case anymore. And it will ebb and flow. Sure. If mm-hmm. you are truly worried um, about where you're at, or let's say we go into some sort of global recession where everybody's purse strings are tightening, mm-hmm. right? How can you make sure that what you do is necessary enough? Luckily, you're all in tech. Congratulations, you're going to make the cut. You're necessary. Yeah, um, you're fine. But if, but maybe the project you work on might matter. So. There's always going to be insurance, government, medical, and luckily, a lot of them use Java and .NET. And mm, so sure. don't worry. You're, you're going to be useful in that way. But even if it's not .NET and it's something else, if you're thinking about retooling, you can start now just doing things on the side, which I know. We all just want to have our weekend. Probably not Windows Forms. Mm. But, you know? You never know. Um I got asked a question recently about, um, well, it isn't really enough for me to just watch a YouTube video. I feel like I want to have real-world experience in this new thing for people to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. I've interviewed at tons and tons of places. I've interviewed way more places than I've gotten a job. So I kind of have this mentality that you're, you should always be interviewing ABI. Always be. Every month or so, I will interview at another company. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, one group of people I know interview routinely? Mm. Salespeople. Yeah, they do. It's very normal. Yeah, it's very normal. Cause, and, it's, and it's one of the reasons they're just plain good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, we all, I think most tech people loathe being interviewed. Right. And I think part of it is because you're only going to do it a handful of times in your career. Like, you're never going to get good at it at that rate. Right. And I'm terrified in general. I have stage fright. I, I'm introverted. This is a practice thing I've had to build a skill set in. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't need the job, you can definitely be yourself in an interview. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they always connect better when you're calm and you're yourself because the stakes aren't high for you. Right, right. Um, yeah. And oftentimes you'll find that you can can remind them that you are interviewing the company as much as they are interviewing yeah. you. And, and that a bit, is true. You're a bit bolder, again, because you, mm-hmm. you're not that anxious. You, you're not mm-hmm. worried about taking that job one way or the other. Right, and even if it's something that is outside your skill set a little bit, play around with how to navigate that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because now, ma- are you wasting these people time? Like, is this rude? No, you should always say up front to, like, for right now, this is a great time, by the way, to interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would love to. You just say, hey, I'm not actively looking, but I will be happy to have lunch with you. And I, was, and I think your company's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I'd interesting. Love to have a I'd love to hear about what you're building. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of them where I'm like, oh, I really do like what they're building. Mm-hmm. Then comes reality. What if you really get along with these people? Right. No, the last four companies I went to work for, I did not, I wasn't looking. They hmm. just came to me. So at, as you progress, you will find that becomes more and more normal. Interesting. So that uh, it'll be somebody you know. You should also always be uh, networking. My talk is online, uh, the, the visible developer, so I can be specific about what networking is. <laughs> it's definitely not a salesy, false relationship. It's just getting to know what people like to build and what they like to do. So if you're at one of these companies and they're interviewing you, and it turns out that, hmm, this is something I would entertain. And then they say to you, how much do you need? You know, how much do you require? Oh, the question. Do you th- throw out a highball to, to just make them go away? And if they say, okay, then what do you do? I mean, has that ever happened to you? 
I will say, I will say this. Um, I had no experience in this and I had a wonderful friend who used to be a car salesman that is now an architect Mm. in tech. And he was like, Hey, you're underpaid. Did he have the full Chicago, like the the pinstripe suit? He wears all sorts of very fun suits all the time, actually. Yes. Wonderful dude. And he says, you know, just like, what do you have to lose with asking for that job? What do you have to lose by throwing something out there that is more than you're comfortable asking? And I said, "Uh, I wouldn't get the job. He's like, well, that doesn't matter if you have a job you like, so... Give True. it a shot. And I did. And they came back and countered. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Then I have to decide whether I really like want to. I did that once or twice. And then I realized it is so much better to be honest yep. up front because then they respect that. They're like, hey, we know that you're just, I'm just interested in what your company is doing and have to offer so that if I want to move in the future, maybe you would be one. If you say that, they will very often talk to you because sometimes, especially They're the recruit- curious back, I bet. And the recruiters think that they can totally change your mind. Right. They do the believe that they can. Yeah. They will convince you. But this now sounds like networking through interviews, which is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, wor- it works, though. And especially if you're really shy and you don't feel like you're personable, it gives you that ability to do it with no stakes. There's no stakes to this. It's just like having a conversation with whoever. You've taken a normal high threat environment and mm-hmm. made it a non-threat environment. Yes. Which messes with the whole system. Like That's nobody right. knows what to do. <laughs> no, but like think about it. If you were running a company or you were running the engineering department at a company, wouldn't you rather just talk to somebody who was really good at something? Because I'm doing my job. The company's going to pay for the lunch. Like, this is a good deal for everybody. <laughs> I then, don't have to worry about actually hiring this person. We might have a fun conversation. Uh, this is a in lunch. my head right now. It's like, you know, <laughs> half a million. You're like, nah, yeah. thanks for the roast beef sandwich. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't need to be unkind. You just say, I'm not actively looking, but I'm interested in what you're doing. Right. And if they come at you, like, what would it take for you to come? And I said, well, it would take being interested in what you're doing. Right. Right. That's number one. Yeah. That could be the first way that you respond. And if they're interested in like doing things differently than what they're doing now, then that means they're interested in you maybe leading that or being Mm. a part of that change. Mm. The problem with that is that's often a sales tactic and nothing Mm. changes. And it doesn't actually change. So that's part of why you say, cool, let me think about this for a little while. Maybe we'll, let's talk in a couple months Mm -hmm. and then see if that's still the case. Right. Um, if you are really somebody that they feel is valuable, they'll There's, make spot, a spot for you. Yeah. Like it really. Two months is later, they'll still think that. Yes, and, and in awesome. fact, I got that email the other day. They're like, "Hey, if you're still interested, we will still make you guys a space. spot." Yeah. Now, now this- that doesn't happen to everybody, but once you've been here for a little while, meaning more than like five years, maybe mm-hmm. it'll start happening because people will now know, especially if you do things like come to NDC London, mm. people will know that you're somebody who's interested in more. Uh, future thinking and future forward uh, prospects and you're just gonna, going to naturally become more known. I was not prepared for how much speaking changed my life and you don't have to be a speaker. Right. You just need to be around. Just be around yeah, no, really and, like and don't be quiet. Don't be a wallflower. Part. Just go talk to people you've never met before and see. And you don't even have to say, hey, I'm awesome at APIs. You should hire me sometime. You just be like, what are you building? What are you making? Talk to every vendor out here and ask them that question. And say, what are you doing? And I'm going to interrupt for one moment for Mm -hmm. this very important message. Hey, this is Carl. And if you haven't heard my new podcast, Security This Week, you're missing out on an extremely serious look at the week's hacks and what they mean to you. Check out this little clip to get a hint of the searing insights you'll get 
by listening to Security This Week. If three people have a secret and two are dead, you can keep the secret. Remember that. <laughs> More wisdom from Patrick Hines. Thank you very much. I think that's a Russian proverb, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I know a yeah. lot of people who open a bazillion tabs and never actually reboot and just keep it all open. Who would do that? I could give names, but... <laughs> I think I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, we should be uh, rebooting every day. I reboot every day. Yeah. Honestly, I yeah, add that and your cell phone once a week. Those are yep. um, those are some strong recommendations. You should reboot every day and you should shower every day, whether you need it or not. That's your STW homework, <laughs> kids. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get to pick one, reboot. so i plugged in my webcam and it didn't work so i unplugged it plugged it in couldn't get it to work so i had this other webcam that i bought it's kind of a no-name webcam you know i think it was made in china or moscow and i got it because it it was cheap And I plugged it in, and all of a sudden, I looked like a colorized Ted Turner movie. <laughs> it works great. It, it looks great. terrible. <laughs> what you'll find is a great feature of that camera is there's no turning it off. So oh, that's yeah. Nice. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's actually 4K, so you get twice the size of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Go to securitythisweek.com or listen however you get your podcasts. You'll thank me later. And we're back. It's .NET Rocks. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Carl Franklin. Yo. Talking to our friend Heather Downing on episode 1800. And I I do think we're at an interesting time for computing careers Mm -hmm. because we're kind of on the tail side of the pandemic now. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to jinx anything. No new variants, no new variants, no new variants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. But most tech people I know were stunningly busy for the past two years. Yeah. And and now things are getting a little more normal and where you would have thought our industry would take a downturn right now. For the most part, I see salaries going up. Yeah. Like demand the demand is up. high and people are, are changing jobs to increase their income and to work on things more important to them. But even though they're doing that, it's really funny to see the recruiter emails still coming into my inbox and they say, we're going to give you this great salary. It's going to be $50,000 a year. <laughs> you know, that's, that's well, not remember do. that it's they're still trying to get people cheap. How long did it take for even Meta to finally accept that you can work remotely? They only did that like a year ago, well, yeah. two years. We, so if they're one of the biggest companies in tech, mm. like it took a while. So it may be uh, take it may take certain companies a while to figure out what the actual going rate is. Mm. I've had to counter and say uh, that's not my. Uh, it's not, it's in, not in my salary range, yeah. um, or I'm a little bit more senior than what you're looking for. Right, right. And that's okay. They often will come back saying, "Oh, we also have a senior role that pays this much more." You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> The, the work from home dynamic is really interesting because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of folks pushing, a lot of organizations pushing to get their employees back in the office mm-hmm. more and more. I got to tell my story about my brother, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Java developer. and We um, try not to hold it against him. We don't hold it against him. He's, he's also an amazing human. And uh, so he's been at it for as long as I have for, well, maybe 25, 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, during the pandemic, he worked from home. And he talked to me at a rehearsal the other night. He says, hey, do you want dad, our father died in 88. You want dad's uh, 
comfy chair, his reading chair, because I want to get it out of my office. And I said, why? He says, well, I'm coming to grips with the realization that I'm never going back to the office. Hmm. And there's a lot of yeah. people out there who find themselves he, in that same is situation. Is he unhappy about it? No, no, no. He's un- only unhappy that he's got to get rid of my dad's chair. Oh, <laughs> he has to do his office better. Yeah. Hey, you know, we've got Bullhorn up and running. There's some folks listening over there. And there's oh, been good. a conversation going on. Good. Kyle Burroughs was the one who pointed out this. I, you know, I really hate interviewing. And, and uh, it was Dave that popped up and said, you know, Salespeople interview all the time because they need to practice their BS skills. And Kyle wisely said, this is very insightful, maybe we all need to practice our BS skills. Yeah, maybe. But then he asked this question. He said, I've been on a lot of interviews that I wanted to walk out of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you ever walked out of an interview and, you know, why would you? Yes. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, I mean, I had my own um, personal identity reasons for testing out how accepting the leadership was of a girl. Sorry. I hate, I hate bringing it up. I wish we could just all just talk about tech and that's it. But, uh, but it matters. It does matter. And it is a thing. I mean, you just ask, I ask the question almost every time, how many technical women do you have in leadership? Yeah. Because if I'm the first one, I need a lot more money. <laughs> I, I know, you know that sounds a little weird. No, that your... sounds weird because that means you're trailblazing, which is a, a, like a second job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's, re- and, and that's legit. That that's a serious. You now know mm-hmm. how much time you're going to spend on mm-hmm. that problem. Same for thing them. with anything new. Like uh, this is my favorite one right now because I'm a developer advocate. So it's often you should come and be the first developer advocate for our company. So then I ask, are you looking for a director of developer advocacy that is going to design your strategy, or are you looking for somebody with, with where you already have a strategy and you just want somebody to implement it? Because mm. those are two very different. Very different. Jobs. Great, great question. Though. Yeah, yeah. Wow, no, that's that's really legit, and and I appreciate that. that that's a huge. You are figuring out what you're actually going to be able to do with that company. Yeah, mm. an easier way to do it is: what do you see my day to day being? And if mm. they can't answer that question, it's probably more of a senior role, like a director role, where you are creating. You're that gonna have strategy. to create the job. Have you ever had an interviewer um, challenge you? Uh, you know, in making unreasonable assumptions about what you know about their company. That's really specific. I don't really know. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have a friend who just told us a story about this, um, that it, w- it was the worst interview he's ever been on. And it was this young person who was asking him a whole bunch of irrelevant things and then uh, quizzed him on what he knew about the company. And he didn't, uh, you know, or in the position. He had even no idea what the That's position so was. That's so bizarre. I don't think I've ever <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, what would you do in that situation? Would you say, can you go, can you bring somebody in here who actually knows what they're talking about? Or I mean, what would you do? I've definitely had that more with whiteboarding uh, than anything about the company itself. Um, They do want to know, did you even look up what we do so that I don't have to waste a half an hour explaining what the company does? Right. Well, and they really, are you wasting your time at all? Like, why are you here if you haven't at least looked at who we are. Correct. And I think that's a fair question for coming from them. I mean, I've interviewed people yeah. to come into a company before many times. Like, do they do they know that they're coming to do something that is super necessary but a little boring? Like, do they know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or are they looking to do something really edgy? It's all about shiny. Right. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with either one. No, right. both are good Spike jobs. Um, I've done most, most of my jobs have been um, boring but super necessary. Um, yeah. And I, I would say that I found things that I thought were interesting whether it was um, the way we set up um, our testing environments or being more clean with our code or whatever. Mm. 
That's definitely a thing. Uh, mm. However, it was more common to have ridiculous whiteboard sessions where you don't even have an IDE or anything, mm. and they want you to write code on a board. Awful. And I, where, where is that ever useful? Never. Mm. Okay. I don't think it is. And here's the problem. If you get in that situation and you don't feel comfortable um, either giving them free work by taking a project home or by doing a whiteboard session, you say, okay, when you started programming, what did you start with? And are you doing that now? Yeah. Mm. Because it changes too fast. We have to have a reference material, which is usually online. Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to send me down to a computer and let me Google stuff, just like I would in my normal day-to-day job, yeah. then right. we're talking. Like, they just, the real question hmm. should be, how do you approach solving a problem if you have no idea what it is? It's certainly, yeah. when I've been interviewing for folks that wanted, uh, that were doing leading edge stuff, and mm-hmm. I get a lot of applicants for that, what I'm looking for is, how good are you at coping with frustration? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how mm-hmm. do you figure out when something doesn't work? Because if you're looking at the docs, sorry, leading edge stuff, no docs. Yeah. And they're, and, or if there are, they're wrong. So, you know, what is your approach to dealing with when the published information isn't correct or isn't there? Like, mm-hmm. what would you, how would you approach that? And I'm just looking for, do you, are you prepared to cope with the frustration of leading edge stuff? Because it's unreal, it's got problems. And lots <laughs> of folks want it, but they don't really want it. Like, that'll make you so sad if you can't cope with that kind of frustration. Like, let me give you a set of technology that I know. We have projects where a set of technology that we know works. <laughs> and you probably be happiest there. That'd be a good uh, way to come back from something like that. Just say, are you trying to test my breaking point? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's actually cool. Yeah, I, I, that'd be nice. I would love to remind everybody to peel the onion on every interview. Mm. Uh, so the job, t- uh, the job wreck is almost never the job. So peel the onion back from whatever the recruiter put out. Once you finally get to a technical person, like the engineering, yeah. your engineering person, that if they've touched code, you want to talk to them, mm. right? And you can ask for it too. I've asked, I want to talk to somebody whose technical has worked on the project. Mm. Right. Yeah. And they will always say yes, and they will always find someone to talk to you. And you're interviewing your, your possible coworker or maybe manager. Mm. And so you can ask, what is it really like to do this? Yeah, what do you really work what on? What do you really work on? Right. Because they all they have is a ton of keywords in this job rec. Right. Mm. But what is it really to go here? And it, it's important that you peel that onion back or you're going to be set up for disappointment because you it's a totally different job than what the rec said. Right. You know but what I mean? Pre- you attack that with that whole, uh, I'm really interested in coming and talk to you about what you're working on. Right. Yes. Not what jobs you, you have. What are you working And on? that appeals to the engineering person's desire to explain yeah. what it is they built. So you sure. give them an, op- an opportunity to talk about that. And that's when you'll actually connect. Because mm. you're connecting developer to developer. I think you're also bypassing tier one HR. Yes, mm-hmm. you are. Right? Because most engineering folks are fed up with unqualified candidates. And For so they're sure. like, first interview is done by HR people. Figure out if this person is qualified. Right. Mm. Which is actually hard for an average HR person. Yeah. But you've cut through that when you're already about, I want to know what you're working on. Yes. And it has worked. I mean, even if it's a startup, it's very exciting right now is that they'll say, hey, you could have lots of equity coming into this startup because we are going to change the world with this thing. And often they do. A lot of them are really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you'll usually take a pay cut and you'll have to wait a long time for that 
big stockpile. And you have no control over the likelihood that that those options are going to turn into anything other than toilet paper. That's right. Oh, for sure. And so... If you know anything about stocks, they can completely change the value of your options at any time. But startups are the best at explaining what their vision is and what they're trying to build. Yeah. And I mm. wish the, the the rock solid companies are definitely going to be around and pay you a lot more money mm. would be better about that. Yeah. Um, but they're not. So you have to peel that onion away. And which leads me to this. If you want to retool, that's fine. Which direction are you retooling for? Um, the natural progression, it seems like we think of is that if you're senior or if you're an architect is that you'd become an IT boss or IT manager. Right. Yeah. Um, Newsflash, if you manage people, that is a fundamentally different job. Yeah. That's where good developers go to die. No, it's not. I don't say, I don't know. I I would like my manager to know what I do. You know, I would like my manager to know what I do, but that does mean that you're giving up code. Like for the, most your, part, yeah. for the most part, it doesn't mean you can't. Or you're doing both jobs badly. It's yeah. kind of yeah. your choice, right? The Iron Mike syndrome, where in theory you're managing people, but you're not that good at managing people. And so when everything falls behind, then you head down and crank all the code they you were supposed to mm-hmm. help them crank out. Mm. Very unhealthy, yeah. mm-hmm. but actually a successful strategy for making money for a while, except you'll probably hate yourself. The only person <laughs> will hate you more than you is all the people that are all working for you. All the team, yeah. <laughs> So, but that does, I mean, it's, they throw money at you. What are you yeah. supposed to do? Say no? Yeah, so if you save the day, for sure. I, I mean, the, in the biggest tech companies, in the Microsofts and Googles mm-hmm. and so forth of the world, they have two stacks. Mm-hmm. They have the individual contributor stack and they have the management stack. And so you can progress up to very senior levels as an individual contributor. Yes. And you can progress significantly as management. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few folks, and I know several of them, I mean, we know so many people from Microsoft, that do skip between those roles. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun to manage people and help others be successful in their career for a while. And then you get an itch to make things again. So you mm-hmm. go back to being an IC and focus on that. But most companies do not have the dual stack system. There's just not enough people. Like, You're going to find that you will peak you will top out at a certain rate if you are a senior or an architect and if you love coding and you're good at it you probably won't continue to like make a ton more depending on what the market is doing and if you're okay with that that's fine that is a trade-off but i've known too many developers who became managers and hated it and and weren't good at it yeah they weren't good at it. However, I know a few that were great because they had the empathy yeah. of what it was like you to be You might just dead. surprise yourself that you are good at it. Maybe you are good at it, yeah. but it is different because your job is to hold all the BS away from your team, which means you get to be in all those meetings <laughs> and you get to do all that so that they can, your, your job is to remove the boulders in the road so that it's clear for your team. And that is a very selfless endeavor. And I salute those of you who manage people. Uh, but it's so necessary when we have a bad manager, it sucks. Yeah. So it's n- very necessary, but it will take you away from code. So you have to decide which way do you want to retool? Yeah. Do you have any advice for consultants, people who work for themselves? Oh. I mean, there isn't interviews, but there are definitely, you know, jobs that you could take or not take and negotiations that go along with that. For sure. Well, most consultants are pretty visible. So they've done that work. Because they have to be their own salesman. They have to be their own salesman so that they have everything out there. Um, whether you like social media or not, it's mm. necessary That's for one pe- mechanism. to be just, you know, front of mind. Because we are human beings, we can only remember just so many people in our head, and it needs you need reminders that this person exists and can do a thing. 
That's mm. why social media is helpful. Just take sure. a side job as a car salesman. There you anyway. go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, back on to, to uh, Bullhorn and Dan, Dave Aykroyd asked this question. Mm. He says, when starting to learn new dev skills, mm. how do you get beyond Hello World and into <sighs> something real? I want to break up with Hello World. Yeah. We're in a rocky relationship. <laughs> I only say that because I work in an off space right now. And it's boy, that's a lot of hello world. Yeah. But the problem is, is that there's some things you need to abstract away right? in order for it to be production ready. And that's not what happens. They look at the hello world and they go, copy, paste, works. Well, clearly I know clearly, this language now. I'm it good. works now, right? It, it's, it's, it's rough. Uh, so how do you get past hello world is that you have to solve a problem that needs solving and see what it takes to get there. Yeah. So start with the end result in mind and then see if that stack can get you there. Um, you might find the shortcomings of that new stack as well. And you knowing where to put up the flag is almost more valuable in a team than anything else. You can steer people away from going into the pit of despair yeah. with the project. Yeah, yeah, making those mistakes. Oh, there's one uh, psychological trick that I tell people, which is, you know, imagine that you're the only person in the world that can solve this problem <laughs> to psych yourself into, you know, because every problem's been solved, right? You know, oh, I want to write a chat app in, you know, Rust or something. And of course it's been done, but mm -hmm. instead of going and, you know, Googling it and Stack Overflowing it, just imagine that you're like the only person that can solve this. I am going to solve this problem, yep. right? You find a goal, as you said, and you even, it, it, especially if it's outside of your, you know, the, what you think of as your abilities, right? Mm -hmm. So it's something that you have to find multiple answers to multiple questions in order to get to. But that's, uh, that's a good way to psych yourself into it, I think. Absolutely. And then you're actually, it's going to bug you. Then you're going to turn into a Sherlock right. Holmes and go, I have got to figure this that's out. Right. And then you might reach out to somebody because you look up who knows this thing. And then suddenly now you have a connection there because you asked a question and they helped you out. And then you, you became the Alice in the Wonderland and you are way more relatable for 80% of devs than the expert because you have just struggled through that. Yeah. I always encourage people to write those blog posts about them just learning a technology. Mm. Please they, do. They ask the wrong questions and then learn what the right questions are. Oh, I are. love that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like things shouldn't be this hard. Um, and so that's always like my, my placement. But I've also learned there is a difference between um, I'm not smart enough to solve this problem and this is really poorly written documentation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It took me a while to, to discover which one's which um, because some of it, I was like, oh, why can I learn this really easily and mm. not this thing over here? Mm. And it turns out that because it, it wasn't answering use case questions usually. How, I mean, okay, I see the, all these function names mm -hmm. and here's how to execute them, but why would you even execute them? Right. Am I supposed to execute more than one? Is there, what's happening There's here? There's no context. There's no context. Exactly. And so I have, those are wonderful times to reach out to the creator of the library or the company and say, hey, you're missing some context here. I'd love to work with you to write something that makes more sense to people. Right. They will always work with you. They may even pay you for it. Mm -hmm. So that's another way you can retool and be interested in it. If you're not interested in the next thing, why are you retooling? If you're retooling out of fear, ooh, bad idea. Bad yeah. idea. Please don't do that. I know it can feel really scary, especially if things contract in like certain industries. But remember, tech is in every industry. If you're working in one that, let's say you're in the travel industry and say that everybody stops wanting to fly for a while and you may feel the pressure. Why, why would that ever happen? I, I can't imagine. I don't know, right? <laughs> well, 
I can tell you that uh, there will still be hospitals open. You could probably go work for a medical company mm-hmm. and still use your skill set. So just because your industry is feeling pressure, it doesn't mean tech in general is feeling pressure because tech is now perm- permeating every every industry. So you can go work somewhere else. If you're not interested in the problems that are being solved, like I worked in marketing, I was just not interested to in being an engineer in a marketing company. Right. Because I just felt like I didn't care if Gatorade, you know, had a spot at the It's Super a Bowl. really interesting aspect of work is like, do you have to be passionate about the project? Do you have mm. to respect the company? You know, I, actually, it, just as a corollary, mm. there were some conversations going around our space today about joining certain tech companies because they're paying literally epic amounts. Mm-hmm. But the m- moral fiber of the company is questionable. What is your goal? Is your goal to love what you do or to be able to retire early? Yeah. If you can answer that question. Hopefully both. You know, that's great. It would be great to do both, but given you know, I guess, but there is a priority thing. It's like, can I put my my sense of self and and what I value aside because it's that much money? That is the lure of the startup: is that you will get paid lower initially, so that you can have that big payday when you guys are bought out or when you go public. But Mm. so few companies do. But when they do, you will know somebody who's a multimillionaire. That knows just as much as you do, yeah. right? But it's also it's off. I do feel like it's the exception. Like it you is don't totally do the a exception. startup for the money because mm. you're very likely to be disappointed. Correct. You really care about what's being made, and so you're going to jeopardize your income. Mm-hmm. Like I've had the middle ground where we successfully sold for less than what I would have made if I just worked the better job, mm. right? And that sucks. <laughs> right like we did everything right but in the end the exit was not what you hoped for so you's like you succeeded you get to put on your resume i was above all to sell in a company and i got paid enough that if i had just gone done a real job i would have had more money in my pocket so let's talk about how necessary the real jobs are though like if we we need people to replace us so we can move on to the next step in our career um so if you don't like Maybe if you're feeling restless, this is what I like to say, the restless. About every two to three, four years, I get really restless. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm not doing good things. It just means I want the next challenge. It's okay if you move into a different industry still doing your stack. Mm. You might solve completely different problems for a training company. Well, and than be you a superstar at it because you you know the tools. Like you you're going to move fast, but, but you the might use be... cases are different. The yeah. use cases are new. But if you're like, no, I won't learn mumps.net. Jeez, <laughs> oh, there's an opaque couple, reference from a guy from near Massachusetts, which is where mumps comes from. Yeah. You said going to a hospital, like, you know, yeah. that's what immediately came to mind. That's but it took original. me this long to butt in to tell that joke. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why people were like, what? <laughs> Mumps. That's well, that brought the conversation world. to a screeching halt, didn't it? <laughs> Two minutes. Two minutes. Wow. You're going to keep these people from their beer? Like, yeah. Click, okay. On. Do we, well, do we have any more questions from the peanut gallery? Yeah, is the that peanut gallery is pretty happy. All right. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take. I'm going to paraphrase Dave Aykroyd's comment. Okay. What about retirement? What What about retirement? Retirement, you speak of. uh, Well, I mean, it's an interesting aspect for virtually everyone in this Mm -hmm. room. Is like, if our minds work and our fingers work, Mm -hmm. right? Why would you stop ever? 
we are such a young industry. We don't know a lot of retired programmers. Mm. Um, like truly like up there, like 70s. You know, yeah. we don't know a lot of them. I mean, I've they met a few exist. and they are amazing. Jeez, uh, that's only 15 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't stop. We're the same age, by the way. So he's making me upset for this too. <sighs> there are two different kinds of developers and we need you both. There are developers that work to live and there are developers that live to code. Mm. And y there's no judgment either way. We need so many of us. Mm -hmm. We need both. So retirement might look like a financial retirement. It's more what I'm Well, at, at some point your bills are paid. And, mm -hmm. and, that, and the money's not going to motivate you as the projects. What I found is, I, uh, and I've seen this a few times now, mm -hmm. where they see that it's time for a new stack, that what they're currently doing is going to be forward. And it's like, you know what? I don't have another stack in me. Yeah, I don't like, have just, another stack I, in me. Is that what I you don't, said? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not ready to, I'm not prepared to retool. I'm going to go do something not else. Not going to learn mumps.net. No, I'm mumps, I'm mumpsless. Mumpsless. Now I'm thinking that, that learning how to make good pork sausage sounds like more that's fun. A, yeah. Like they go, they, to me, that's the real point is that with the, st the skill set you have is no longer being valued. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at what, and you, you've done this a few times. You know how much it works with the next skill set. You're like, right. No, mm -hmm. I got enough. I'm going to go hang with my grandkids. Maybe. And there's nothing wrong with that. Many people leave tech, but yeah. are grateful for the opportunity. Um, I got super lucky, and I finally made my way to a public company where you get some equity. Yeah. But for many years, I didn't have that. And, oh, I, and I don't know that you knew you wanted it. I don't. I don't. I didn't know what it was. God bless my manager. He was great. He also didn't need to work. Mm -hmm. He was very well off fine. but mm. he just loved the challenge yeah and he wanted to do it and he was offering me you know when he was offering me what i asked he offered me more than what i asked because he felt that i was underpaid already mm. and he says you know you should really say yes to the stock stuff i'm like i don't believe in stock stock goes down oh it scares me and it's like i just want a good base pay he's like we'll give you that but you should pro you probably want this do you want me to walk through it with you mm -hmm. and he did wow totally was awesome his name is randall deggs who's awesome about that and he has a great um, like my personal financial strategy, he has a blog post on it, and it taught me what to do if you end up working for a company where you have stock and what to do about that. It's very unique because I worked in the Midwest where there wasn't a lot of public companies, you know? Mm. And so it was an interesting time because I realized if you work for enough public companies that give you enough equity, you can retire early. Like, mm, it sure. is. But do you to. want to? Yeah. Because he still I've, works in this, you know? He doesn't need to. I have no idea. I have to code every once in a If I mm -hmm. stop coding he makes for a, a week, I go crazy. I, I also find yeah. that we are also fortunate to be in an industry where we have more volunteer workers. That mm. is, folks who've got enough to do whatever the heck they mm -hmm. want and still want to do this. Yes. But it, believe me, we're just fortunate. Oh, yes. Right. Like, I, did, I did that Windows Forms app for my buddy yeah. because he needed it, and I thought it was a fun challenge. Yeah. And he gave me some Woodford, so it was, uh, it was all you fine. We'll work for bourbon. We'll work for bourbon. Yeah. I just have one thing to say to close this out then, and that is you are the most one of the most desirable positions in the world is somebody in programming. So if you have anxiety about what to do next, rest assured our industry is going to make it. Nice. Heather Downing. Hey, we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks!
Net Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a